From Rule 62 Studios, we're in Bossier City, Louisiana, and this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Welcome back. Season 2, Episode 5. That's what this is. Season yes. two. I was yeah, we got it confused in the last one. So I just don't. Season two, episode five. And I think the last season had 33 episodes, something like that. Welcome back with us today, Cal. Hey, Welcome back, Cal. Glad Cal's with us. We got Jill. Hey. We got Matt. What's up? And of course, um, we've got me because I'm talking. And uh, my name is Mike and I am a recovering alcoholic or recovered or however we want to look at it. I'm, I'm sober today and I'm fairly decently happy so uh what's going on in your world jill anything we need to know about mm, no just hanging out with my pigs yeah i was gonna ask you about the pigs they're doing well Are they? they're getting big so they made it through the ice and the snow and yes those there's long... probably about eight blankets in there there's two heat lamps Are they getting... we have weatherized it with what's that tough stuff hay straw straw hay the straw. The straw. Yeah. Lots of straw. I did not know there was a difference. <laughs> so <laughs> are they getting bigger? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're they're pretty funny. Bud and chunk. chunk so and are bud. they are they coming to you like when you are I can pet them now. Can you? Yes. And uh it took Bud quite a while to come around to that. He and but yeah, they let me pet them. Can anybody else pet them? We can we can see. No, I'm just saying, like <laughs> when anybody else goes in there, do they still kind of run off and get skittish? Well, no one's been here. I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, I would imagine it's like 12 degrees outside that, you know, they're going to run to anything warm. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, <laughs> I would. But you did. You did. I saw, I, I ran to your dad that day. He was putting that second heat lamp in. So I, oh, okay. I can imagine that it was a. Uh, yeah. It's nice and um, feels good, I suppose. Yeah. For a pig. Matt, what about you? What's going on in your world, man? Man, I'm living the dream, you know, living the dream, uh, getting ready for this year, um, you know, starting a business. So, um, man, I've been grinding. i uh been a fun start to this year and just really uh, learning to, man, just growing, dude, working on me and, and the, my circle around me and, um, you know, just kind of had some change coming on my mind the last this last year, and it's been time for that. And uh, man, I'm I'm tickled, dude. It's going to be an awesome year, and uh, I just I'm blown away every day, and so grateful for this way of life and the people in that life. I, I'm just I get to see God every day through other people, you know, and I'm pretty pretty tickled about that, and I'm excited about this year. I'm just excited, man. I really am right. for the first time in a while. So. Deep off into February. You still got 10 and a half months. And, hey, and those bass are starting to slide up on the beds, boys and girls. It's getting that time of year. <laughs> that uh, time of year, the big what? girls. Bass what? are fixing to spawn. They're about to slide oh. up on the, their beds. <laughs> and are you talking about? Oh, it was it's, it's, it's <laughs> Matt's Christmas. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's Matt's Christmas. So Fish fry? Uh, uh, whew. It's, it's on. That's all yes. I can tell you. You're going to fry so. the one fish Matt catches. Hey, did Bobby tell you to say fishes, that? Fishes and loaves <laughs> night at Jill's house. Yeah. They, uh, well, Jesus turned a few into a lot. So that's what I depend on in my fishing game. So, uh, but uh, no, man, life's good, man. Life okay. is good. Cal, welcome back. Thank you, man. We're Thanks. glad you're here. Cal was with us for the last episode. Turned out to be a really good episode. 
uh, which I, you know what I, I enjoy doing this. So much fun. Cal, everything going good with you? Yes, sir. All right. Just minding my business, staying to myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know me. I don't talk much, man. I well, just chill. And Mr. Joe often says you don't get in trouble for what you don't say. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I like that. I like that. So today, um, I thought we was going to, let's, let's start it off with Tradition 5 because it, it kind of ties into just about everything I'm going to talk about. So each group has but one primary purpose. Carry the message to other alcoholics uh, or to the alcoholic who still suffers. And um, I like the opening line in this uh, in this 12 and 12 paragraph. Shoemaker, stick to thy last. Better do one thing supremely well than many badly. That is the central theme of this tradition. Around it, our society gathers in unity. The very life of our fellowship requires the press preservation of this principle the very life of our fellowship so each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message so that's what we're looking at today and it talks about in the preamble of alcoholics anonymous is this alcoholics anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience strength and hope each other so that they may recover from alcohol Right. Our primary sure. purpose is to stay sober and help each other. You know, so that's our primary purpose in Alcoholics Anonymous. All the other stuff is uh, secondary, is secondary. Right. Or tertiary. I don't know that word. It's Jill using these big ass words again. <laughs> My Louisiana public education. Yeah. That's was Mississippi public education. Well, so. whatever. Same thing. <laughs> that double down. They're tied so, for last. So, um, <laughs> I think do y'all do y'all ever see in 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 AA any form of maybe the primary purpose kind of gets lost? I think you know I've seen where, and we talked about this on the previous episode a little bit. I've seen where personalities tend to try to become the the uh, or egos. Egos, yeah, and we kind of talked about this earlier, and that's the only thing. I mean, just, you know, I'm always going to tell y'all what I know and what I don't know, just what I've seen. And, you know, I've seen sometimes where the the personalities tended to overrun more than what we're here for and uh, had to be reined back in. Nothing major, nothing nothing horrible, just that's kind of really all I've seen. Um in my little time in here, five years in here, um, and not very often, you know, not, mm -hmm. not really very often. Um, I think because of the program, I think everybody involved, um, you know, has a program of some, you know, different level, uh, as far as being farther or, or newer into the journey, but yeah, it's normally able to be worked out without too much, you know, going on, but yeah, but yeah. So Jill, you've been around for, oh, a couple weeks, be 14 years. Yep. So what have you seen? Have you ever seen it stray, the primary purpose stray? Not necessarily. I have never seen it stray from a group. Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen it stray from individuals. Right, right. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't seen it stray. And if it does, it's because of an individual and, you know, uh, I mean, just with anything, ego gain or some type of something or another, but I've rarely seen that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think with AA too, that's what's given, that's such a weird, cause I've been in churches, I've been in other groups of other things and it can mm-hmm. just get shattered over some of the stupidest stuff. And for whatever reason, I just haven't seen that with, with Alcoholics Anonymous. Isn't it nice? I mean, of course, this is probably the, the reason why we have, you know, tradition. So we don't implode. And I think overall that it is we and meetings all over the world have done well just because of that. Yeah. What about you, Cal? Um, the primary purpose, I don't think, is ever going to just stray away from what we intended it to be. But like you said, in the micro version, yes. I mean, obviously we see it. And I think it starts with little stuff. Like, for example, you know, I'll note that um, myself, I can only speak on myself. When I came in, you know, the the best way to get involved in this program is to do service work. And that's not just going to meetings outside of the meeting or involving yourself in a business meeting or whatever the case may be. It's doing little things like picking up cigarette butts. Mm-hmm. Going to get going to get coffee for those who can't do for themselves, you know, handing out the cake. And I think when you start getting away from stuff like that and you start putting yourself above those things, which I've seen in a group. I have to. You know, when people think that they're better than getting up and helping out or handing out cake or picking up the plates or this, that and the other. Then I think that's when you start to separate yourself from the actual purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, number one, stay sober and to pass the message. If I'm passing the message and I'm expecting these newcomers to come in here and do service and, you know, be the rookie, so to speak, on mm-hmm. the team and do your rookie duties, I think that never should leave you or your mentality at all because it emphasizes the lack of ego and accepting more humility like we should be doing. I sure. like that. So I do too. I think that's where it starts because I see it a lot. I really do. But again, I don't say much. You know, I just sit there and I take note and I just keep on doing what I do, you know, because at the end of the day, my goal is to not get involved in other people's stuff to where I might raise in a resentment that shouldn't even be a resentment, you know. So I just try to sit there and just mind my business and do what I'm supposed to do. And I'll carry that a little further. <clears throat> I've had situations with people and then they go, they want to discuss whatever it is, and it's their issue. It's not something that me and them necessarily had an issue, but they want to bring in, oh, well. And I go, you probably need to talk to your sponsor. And that's a real good way to stay out of it. And yeah. and I go, have you talked to your sponsor? And just kind of let that let them percolate on that and maybe can can go from there. But, um, yeah, I uh, and having good examples in this program, you know, like when we have a birthday – and the reason I'm glad Cal brought that up about serving cake, we have a listener today who has three years of sobriety. Her name is Michelle. She has been on this podcast, and she's one of our one of our people. And uh, she will celebrate her birthday tomorrow night at five at our half past five meeting. Um, but uh, super proud of her, and just a great example and an inspiration to see. She's had a rough road, and she's just kept plugging along, and that perseverance is, uh, you know, just keep showing up, and uh, win, lose, or draw, just keep showing up, and she's done that and put in the work, and uh, very proud of her, and I uh, hope she has a happy birthday today. And Me, uh, Same. Uh, happy yeah, birthday, Michelle. She's, proud uh, of you. She's she's great, and uh, um, she does all the things in the program that, that we're asked to do, including service work, but, but you know, serving the birthday cake, I remember coming in early and they would have birthday cake and somebody's having a birthday. It was always the men that got up and served it. 
And it was like it men with is, a lot of sobriety. <laughs> yeah. And it's called example. They don't get up and go, hey, you get up and come over here. They just get up and do it. And then you go, wait a minute. If he can do it, I, I need to be mm-hmm. doing that. And, yeah, there's no ego in that. It's, you know, I came in the other day and Mike, I was early and Mike was over and he's taking garbage out. He's like, nobody's emptying the garbage. He's out there emptying garbage, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, just good examples of how to roll, you know. And garbage that does have to be taken out. I, guess it does. I mean, that rumor has it. I you mean, know, it I don't just, know. So if you if you're in a clubhouse and you see a trash can full, no one is going to chastise you for emptying the Never. trash can. No. Never. See, I, I don't want people to misconstrue. That's not the, the what we're. That's not all it is. That's not all a. You know. Hold on. Give me a second. No, go ahead. Right. That's not the basis of a. All right, just doing simple stuff like that, but. I think that does build a foundation in a negative manner when you stray away from those things. Another thing is um, I watch people over time, right? And um, they, like, for example, Mike, whenever he, whenever he shares, I listen. Mm-hmm. All right. Most of the time, uh, you guys, you know, I, I listen. And I'm not saying I don't listen to everybody, which I don't, but people get to the point where they start saying shit that they hear other people say, and it becomes monotonous. And they constantly repeat that stuff over and over again. Then we get to the drama because that has a way. I don't know how to specifically word it, but it has a way to turn people off and make you not pay attention or miss something that you really was there trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. sift out and, and, and get for yourself to help your path of sobriety. And I think you get away when you start to mimic other people's flow and how they do things and how they present themselves and convey themselves. I think that gets away from a part of the purpose which is spreading the word because you, you, you get to a point where you're not being yourself. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be someone else or who you think is the epitome of AA. Mm-hmm. That's what you're molding yourself after. So now our question is, is your God really your God or is mm-hmm. this person? Mm-hmm. your God? You know what I mean? And it kind of, it makes me think like that, but I don't say anything, but I'm going to say it to you guys, you know, and obviously to the world now, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of, it, it pisses me off, you know, and I have the right to be pissed off, but I don't say anything. I just hope that people would realize that whenever I have, I make it a habit when I speak, I try to say, to say something pertaining to the topic and hopefully it impacts somebody. You're not going to hear me repeat some other bullshit. Somebody else is saying, I'm going to speak from the heart. Because sure. I think that is what keeps this group together. When you hear that real, those real shares. Agreed. You know, I, re- I really do. I, I don't know if it makes sense to you guys, but that thing, oh. that gets you off of the primary purpose. Gal, it makes so much sense. It, it just, you know, how could I forget what it feels like to be a newcomer? Oh, my gosh. I don't want to ever forget. Do you know how confusing it is to be a newcomer? Matter of fact, one of the reasons why we do this podcast. <laughs> That's why we do it. Was because when I, I mean, I had the podcast in the works, but I looked out in the audience one day at the club and I saw a newcomer, like first or second day. And I'm thinking all of this language we're talking makes no sense. Like this, this poor person's in here debating on whether or not they're going to stay. And we're quoting about some shit that happened in 1939 and, you know, directly out of the book. The person don't have any idea what the book is. They don't. They don't have any idea, right? They're mm-hmm. just. They're debating on whether to stay. That used to intimidate me when people would start rattling off. Well, and I told my sponsee they needed to step six, and they needed to step six pretty quick. And I'm thinking, who the fuck memorizes steps? <laughs> <laughs> how do you? I mean, what? Why? How would you? You know, 
and it, it would just I just remember being so confused and and that's why when I do share it, it has to be you know my, my experience strength and hope in a general way well you know of, of this is how I've taken AA and used it this is this is what it gave me and this is what it gave me in my life you know because it's so confusing being a newcomer they I mean I just said this last night uh talking about talking to somebody fairly new and i'm like just just keep coming in just keep hanging out like don't let all that stuff overwhelm you because you can and and i'm grateful with our group that we have some folks that keep it pretty real whether they've got 20 years or two years or or six months um and and that's why i go where i go because i feel like for the most part that's that's our group and and we're just built that way um but yeah it can be very intimidating and and uh you know, I wish I would have had something like this to listen to before I went to treatment and was trying to, to you know, just to be able to kind of get an idea of what's going on. And, and uh, yeah, it can be very confusing when you sit in there and uh, um, have no idea what everybody's talking about. You so. see this? Every time we I even talk about newcomers, I start crying because I was like... <laughs> I, I will like never forget that horrific feeling. Sure. Like I do sure. it every. I can't tell you how many thousands of times. It sucks. You just talk, say the word newcomer, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just like, I didn't think I was gonna make it, man. I, I uh, it. I, yeah, no, I, I just that's where that's where I think anybody that's and it goes back to being grateful in recovery and realizing the people that did it for us. And I, we saw Phil last night and I'm like, you know, he was here the first time I came here and, mm-hmm. and these people are not going to be there forever. You know, they're not. And things fade out and, and life goes on and it's just a revolving deal. And, and, you know, I mean, they were kind to me when, when I was new and, uh, there's no telling how many big books Phil's bought over the years for people. Um, first time coming in and, um, you know, it just, uh, it's a it's a great thing, um, but it's what it's all about. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Yeah. There's, there's two more things I'll say about that. Um, one is I, I think another thing that takes away from the primary purpose, the second part of it, spreading that message and helping others achieve sobriety is um, I'll use Matt as an example. Yesterday, you know, he asked me, did I want to share? No. Um, you know, I just, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't share that often, but uh, what I'm getting at is, I think what can take away, especially in a group setting that you're becoming accustomed to or familiar with, is when a person constantly has to hear their own voice. Mm. I think that you get tired of it or mm-hmm. when, when a person doesn't, you know, meet the time parameters, you mm-hmm. know, and they, they know what they're doing, but they don't care. So yeah. now yeah. now as a newcomer coming in, I'm like, would this person just talk and talk and talk and not listen to what I'm saying or would they actually help me? You know, I think that's a problem. And um, damn, what, what else was I about to say? Uh, I forgot. It'll come back to me. But go ahead, somebody else. So <clears throat> funny you say that. I'm I'm kind of like you, Cal. I don't normally share, just voluntarily share. And the reason is Mike can put what I'm thinking out a lot better than I can <laughs> pronounce it. So pretty much if Mike does it, I just let him go because he said what I was thinking and he put it, I'm not even joking. No, there's, there's several people like that. Uh, Bobby has a way of doing that. Several people in there. There's no need for me to chime in with my crap. That is the same message, you know, it's, and so, you know, if I'm called on, I will, but I'll tell you this the other night and I know chairing a meeting, we're not supposed to chair, kind of we're in our group we we would rather the person chairing the me and we had a lady that was in treatment 
I knew her in treatment very early in sobriety. I don't know if you, any of y'all were in there or not. She was having a real hard time, lonely, the whole deal. And she was crying and upset. And I just interrupted and I was like, this is cross talk and all that other shit. And I don't care. Y'all can write me up if you want to. And, and I talked to her in that meeting because it was important. That's what we're there to do. And, uh, you know, when it, when it's a purpose there to do it and this lady needed some reassurance and some things just to let her know that, that it was okay. And that we had all been through that. And, uh, but I told her, I said, God, God put you in here so I could hear that. Cause I still deal with stuff like that too. And, you know, you're doing the right thing. You're sitting in a chair. You came in, you told us about it. And I said, keep telling us about it. Keep coming in here and crying every day. We'll listen to it every stupid day. If that's what we have to do, that's what we do here. And, um, when those kind of things, yeah, I think, I think we, that's when I want to be on point with stuff. When it, when it, when it really matters and somebody's really struggling that's where i want to be and and i agree with cat i think sometimes people get in a routine of just i'm at a meeting i should share and they're at seven days a week and i just don't have that much to talk about i enjoy <laughs> listening you know and and i just don't have that much i can add especially when we have great people in there that have a way of um what's the word enunciating or putting out i don't yeah. know wording wording yeah and Mike usually he usually says what I'm gonna say, what I'm thinking, and I let it roll. You know, yeah. I don't I, have nothing to add. I don't. I, I don't want to deter anyone who is new to the program because I'm, I'm. What I'm saying is not for you to not speak up. That's the exact opposite of what right. I'm saying. You know, yeah. when you get seasoned, you know, there's there's times where you inject yourself into a conversation or a topic, and you know what you need to say, but it should be geared to 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 those who are trying to pursue what you already have. You know, so we want to hear from newcomers. And if you think you aren't able to share the word or spread the word as a newcomer, that's wrong. Because every time I see someone, like Jill said, that is new, it just automatically brings me back to the point of where I be where I first started, how I was before I entered the room. Your presence alone is spreading the word. Sure. All right, so I just wanted to clear that up. Well, I think about it, and a newcomer will come in – God knows they've got millions of things on their mind, right? Just everything from how am I going to fix myself? How am I going to fix everything that's broken in my life? Am I going to jail? Am I going to eat? Yeah. Am I going to get my kids back? All these things, you know, and all these things are rushing through their mind. They've got a million questions. Mm -hmm. And anxiety. And, and then we have, you know, sit down and shut up. Yeah, you know that yeah. mentality, mm -mm. and and that is not gonna that you know. I mean that that ain't gonna help nobody. I would have never come back if someone did that to me. No. Yeah, I'm not saying we. I do that. I don't. Do oh that. No, 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 no. I, I think that you know. I think personally that if when we hear someone doing that, maybe if it's a lady, you know, a lady after the meeting, say, "Hey, come on. I know you've got questions. Let's yeah. Let's cover some of the answers, and then as you get a question, here's my phone number. Give me a mm -hmm. call." I'll answer any question that I can, you know, because obviously there's still questions I can't answer, you know, instead of, of uh, you know, you need to sit down and shut up and, you know, you don't because they all have something to say. If, if And I'm going to tell you now, man, I've heard people come into the rooms of, of AA who I wasn't new. They were brand new and say stuff in front of the group that I would have never dared say and think. That person's coming in with courage. Yes. I didn't even have courage when I got in here, and they can talk about this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, 
this this person's got a good shot at making it. Right? One of my favorite shares of all time was Ben. He's been on here a bunch, and his first time he blurted out in a meeting, and I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> I was there. You could have heard a pin drop because it I was remember that. real, straight up. I don't know what I'm doing. This is where I'm at, and it was un off the cuff. And I'm telling you, he helped everybody in that room that day. I, I pushed him a lot, man. Man, and I do. I'm so proud of him, man. I'm so proud, of him. Ben. If you're listening, I love you, man. He's I, I, uh, he's awesome. I guess I missed that meeting. Yeah, yeah, it was one. It was his first or second meeting he'd ever been to, man. And he was just, it was rock bottom. And it's like, but you know what? It was. It's courage, man, to go in there, and uh, you know, and I. It, <clears throat> I may, uh, Jill chokes up about newcomers. I may choke up about this, but I'm going to talk about Ben for a minute. So very shy guy. Um, I'm not going to tell too much of his business, but, uh, not a public person. Doesn't like to be in front of crowds, all that good stuff. When he first came in, somebody gave him how it works to read. And, um, he struggled with it early on, just had a hard time. And, uh, so, uh, he got through it and we talked about it after. And I was like, Hey man, it is what it is, you know? And, and, um, we go, we fast forward a little bit and, uh, Mike asked me to speak a couple years ago at Christmas. It was the first time I ever did it. Right. And you had to get up at a podium. Ben went and got that and read it at the podium with a microphone before I spoke. And I sat there and I was like, Holy crap. Yeah. Like he, and then afterwards I was like, dude, it just dawned on me. He goes, yeah, I wanted to do that. And I was just like, dude, that, that's so awesome, man. Like, uh, it, the dude just for lack of a better word, just the courage to keep pushing through stuff, you know? And, and, uh, man, he's a good dude. And, and, uh, yeah, he sent me about 9,000 Instagram videos last night yes, and I haven't watched any of them being so. <laughs> So I was, I was on, <laughs> I actually texted Ben he yesterday morning. He said that's morning. his love language. <laughs> I texted the cat yesterday morning um, early, and he never responded back to me. Um, and then um, I texted him again probably about three or four, and he responded back to me. But sometimes I get Instagram texts from this guy <laughs> at, at, like, early hours in the wee hours in the morning. So I can't, I can't figure out his sleep pattern. He don't care. But, you know, you go from this transition of being the one receiving the message to being able to carry the message. And, man, I remember, I don't actually remember the it, time, but I remember sitting down with someone in a room, you know, someone actually, someone called me and said, hey, I got a sponsee that's struggling. I need you to sit in with him. I can't come. They had some kind of family event. And I said, sure, you know, and then the, this person now has uh, nine years, 10 years sober, okay? So it's been a while back. But I remember I pulled them in a room, and I sat down and talked to them, and, and I listened to everything they could say, but I was like, my training kicked in. <laughs> All I could think to say was stuff that I had heard, you know, like, have you prayed about it? Have you? But the truth is, whether or not anything got solved that day, we spent two hours in that room not drinking <laughs> and talking about stuff that needed to be talked about. You know, like, yeah, cause, yeah. and at this point, this, this person is thinking about not, you know, just giving up on AA, you know, just, well, you know, I've been sober for six months and my life still hasn't really changed. And, and in the grand scheme of things, yes, six months, a long time, 
But as far as life changing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's, I'm sure there was something small. I meant for me. That that transition <laughs> you spoke of is is definitely something that at, at the time is very unbelievable that it takes place. But then you, and it makes you think. You'd be like, God, it must be something. Even at that point, you should have had a spiritual awakening, right? By the yeah. time you start carrying a message, you should have already turned your will and your care over to, to someone, right? At that point, you have to believe that there's something working in you that you couldn't do for yourself. You have to. Because you would have never have done that. And then the final transition is getting one-on-one with a person, stepping out of your comfort zone and actually leading somebody, whether you fail or not. And I look at that that aspect of it, and I'm like, man, that's all God. You know, mm-hmm. I would have never have humbled myself to sit down with somebody, dedicate three to four hours out of my day, and don't even care about the time that I wasted, because it's not a waste. It's always a gain for both of us. You know, that in itself is amazing. And it is. There's never a waste of time. No. And sometimes you talk about the craziest shit over yeah. and over again. Yeah. And 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 no matter what, because I remember when this this incident I was talking about, Cal. I remember thinking, I better keep my shit together. I'm gonna <laughs> end up just like this guy right here. And and then you look back over the course of time. The guy's got over a decade of recovery now. You know, does great. Life's completely changed for him. You know, obviously that journey is beautiful, though, man. Like the the adjustment of of even you know, man. I, I mean, I'm five years in it, and I still I'm like, this is so messy, man. I wish it was just smooth, and it's not. <laughs> and I sometimes I think God just reminds me of exactly where I am, and uh, you know, hey, you got stuff to work on, dude. So, um, you know, I, but I handle it better today. I mean, I handle it better today. It doesn't linger. I try to deal with it as much as I'm able to. And, uh, you know, I got a group of people around me and I think that's been, that's been the game changer as well. It's just, I have people, you know, I have people that, that, uh, you know, (laughs) awesome people and that phone rings and, and I call or I talk to whoever it might be that, that I think would, shed the most light on the situation. Sometimes I talk to two or three of them and that seems to work real good too. And, um, you know, they, they're, they're all batting a thousand with their decisions with me. Uh, I'm batting about, uh, 125. So hush, I trust them. You know? <laughs> I really do. I mean, I, I hadn't been, I don't think I, anybody in Alcoholics Anonymous that I've asked with a problem. I was thinking about this the other day that I went to them and said, I have an issue. What should I do? I don't think I've ever had somebody tell me the wrong thing of all the people I've talked to. I've never had them tell me the wrong way to handle that situation. That's pretty cool. So, you know what else I like about men is carrying a message thing. It also, it gives us the ability to develop relationships with people who will tell you the truth Mm -hmm. and not just about AA things, about everything, every aspect in life. And I've never had a group of friends like that before. And having that is very refreshing because you have a lot of people who always say, hey, I love when you tell me the truth. I love when you be honest with me. But then they get somehow bent out of shape when you do it. Mm-hmm. Not us, man. It may hit you hard. Yeah. But you accept it because you know that person that you're talking to within the group, they really care about you. Most of the times it's somebody that went through the steps with you. So you know and you value their opinion. 
I've learned when it hurts and I don't like oh, what they just told me. That's the real that's shit. That's the right real there. shit, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, but, but Cal and I share a sponsor. And I've learned it a my, lot. My sponsor, I've told, I think I've told this before, but we're going somewhere one day. We're going fishing. And I haul butt up there, jump in the truck. We're taking off. And, I mean, we ain't even got out of the driveway. And he just looks over at me and he goes, you have a character defect we need to talk about. And he just launches into it. And I'm like, dude, this is unauthorized. Like, we're not even <laughs> – I'm going fishing right now, and I don't want to hear about my daggone character. But he was dead on the money, and it had to be said, and he wasn't wasting no time. And I spent the rest of the day with him in the boat, and we didn't. He doesn't beat things to death. He says what he has to say, and then it's up to to us to figure it out. And uh, I was like, "Guy, he's right. I don't like hearing. I don't. I didn't want to hear that." But he's dead on the money, and. Man, I mean, that's how you, how you get better. And it goes back to that ego, too. You know, I've learned that uh, my ego, that's that's taking a little shot right there. And uh, it's good. It's healthy, man. It's mm -hmm. healthy. So, um, but, yeah, no doubt. Take note, he said we share a sponsor, but he did not say we share the same extracurricular activities. <laughs> we don't. Not be <laughs> Cal prefers more urban activities. Yes, there you go, man. There you go. <laughs> That's a good way to put that. He said he will not fish with us. I showed him the alligators that live out there. He's I out. love them, but no. So yeah. what? What does what? Do you and Bobby do anything outside of here? No, I'm. I'm. Listen, I'm. I'm bad at that too, and I, I want to tell viewers don't be like me. But Mr. Bobby, he understands how who I am. I do not bother Mr. Bobby much at all. You know, I let him know, give him updates how I'm doing, but I don't, that's just not me. You know, I've never had anybody in my life that I can depend on. I can mm -hmm. depend on Bobby, but I don't utilize that means of communication too, too much. So no, I go over there. I take my daughter, my, my daughter loves the hell out of him. So I'll go over there and let him see her and whatnot. We'll go eat occasionally. But not like Matt and them, you know. I don't, I don't fish and do all that. Well, anymore. and y'all know my my sponsor, Joe B. He, mm -hmm. He's a he's a hunter. I, I don't hunt, no. you know. I, I I do fish, but it's been a couple of years since I've actually done it, and I've never been fishing with Joe. But but I mean, I I completely understand, you know. So I was I put I put a plug in on the last uh, podcast um, for uh, a show on Netflix. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I really, it's very rare that I get a chance to watch television. And I was snowed in one day and my son had recommended I watch this show and it was called Louder Milk and it's on, it's on Netflix and it's, it's, it's a recovery based show and it's a kind of, they're in an AA knockoff and I'll, I'll let you decide if you're going to watch it or not, but I really enjoyed it. But the reason I say this is it's like a group of, I don't know, maybe 12 guys mainly and, and one i think one lady maybe two ladies but it's a group but they do everything together like they, 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 do. They, they go everywhere and and do everything together like you would think like they end up at at you know just different places in the world and the, not world but in in seattle i think is where they're living yes and they end up at different places but they do everything together and then you then you come to aa and you know my biggest mentor in NAA has been a guy named Randy. Yeah. I mean, he has, he has, I sat down next to Randy, I don't know, almost 13 years ago and started asking questions because I didn't understand. And most of the stuff I asked, he kind of, he simplified it. You know, he, he didn't blow me off, but he was like, don't worry about that right now. We'll get to that later on, maybe in a week or so. Right. And he would answer any question I had. And, um, and I have always, he's never sponsored me, 
but I could count four times in 12, 13 years that me and Randy have gone and done anything together outside the rooms of AA, right? Two of which were uh, what they call 12-step calls. If you've never been on one, have at it. But uh, we we would go to an active drunk who has called. One they called Randy, and the second one actually called me. And I went and took Randy, and the first one he took me. And we'd stay all day with these people who were drunk. And um, and I I look back on it now. It's more like the Mr. Miyagi thing, you know. And then a couple times we we you know we went and I helped him move something, or we went and you know I think we went to the gun range one time and shot his new pistol or whatever. But I guess where I'm going with that is you don't necessarily have to do all that, right? My first sponsor was a guy named Dale. And he asked me, him and him and my grand sponsor, a guy named John Jay, they asked me to go golfing every single week for the first year I was sober, and I wouldn't do it. I just couldn't, couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I just, no, I couldn't do it. Now, the second year, or eight months into it, uh, the second year, Dale passed. But that for eight months, I did go with him every Saturday and um, built some outside of AA because I viewed these people as almost flawless. Yeah. And until you get them on a golf course. <laughs> and and then you realize. Separates the men from the boys. These are humans. Yeah. These, these are, these are, I've said this on the show. I've said it in meetings and I'll say it again. But Alcoholics Anonymous <laughs> is really the place <laughs> where the cool kids go when they're tired of destroying their bodies and their lives. Because yeah. some of these folks in here still got the same mouth. Yeah, me. <laughs> they still <laughs> me got. Me too. <laughs> They're, they're still just as badass as they were out there. They just don't take alcohol. Yeah. Okay. So when we're sharing that primary message, man, we're not asking you to change your personality. No. You know, we ain't nobody got to leave their family. You ain't got. You ain't got to do all this. You, we're not joining a convent. Some of these people <laughs> here are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But they don't drink, and that's what was destroying your ass was the alcohol, right? And how do they not drink and not be? shitty all the time well Mm -hmm. that's where the 12 steps come in and so you get this group of people in there that they don't drink they practice 12 steps they have this really good fellowship which we'll talk in a second i do want to talk about the importance of a home group Mm -hmm. because um i think that was very you know the foundation of your recovery is is you know i mean talk about honesty or whatever it is and but my, my 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 fellow my home group was my foundation in my recovery for a long time I mean, I just had, and there was a whole different group than what you guys see now. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy and Jerry and James and a couple more. And, you know, I think Cal came around when Woodrow was still alive, yeah. right yeah. there, maybe at the end of Woodrow being being yes, alive. Sir. And But we had, a, we had a group before that, like 12, 13 years ago. There was a whole nother group. Of, I would say 15 of them have passed, right, of that many people. Motorhead Jamie and um, Vaughn. I mean, all of these folks are, are no longer with us. Doc. Doc my man. Doc That's my dog right there. <laughs> yeah, we, Speaking we, of crazy, you know, <laughs> I'm but, drinking. But I go back to what I said. You know, we, we lost, right before we recorded the last episode, we had lost three people in AA. And um, I mentioned each one of them. And I also mentioned that it left a void. For me, anyway, that person, what? no matter how big of an impact, they leave a void. And like any void, that void's going to be filled with what I have around me. Um, you know, you pop a balloon, it's going to be filled up with the air, right? You pop a balloon underwater, it's going to be filled up with water. Whatever that void is around, it's going to be filled with. 
And whenever these guys would leave, because it was a it was big to me. It was almost devastating to me to see these pioneers just you wake up one day and they're gone. Yeah. And but what they would do is the gentlemen, because I you know mainly it was guys that I would you know confide in, but they would circle the wagons, man, and you, you that, that void would be filled with good memories, a legacy, you know, all of these things that these folks did, you know, and. And so, uh, you know, th- those pioneers and those guys carried the message and they, they carried it in a little different fashion. You know, some of them did. Some of them were a little brutal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> some of them were brutal to each other, but they carried the message in a, in a whole different fashion. And, um, man, I, and, you know, but none of them ever told me to sit down and shut up. <laughs> none of them did. They, they, they'd look at me and, you know, keep coming back. <laughs> That boy needs some help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember, and I'm not going to get off of the memories, but my son had wrecked a car, and uh, I was going to buy him a new one, another one, just like that one. <laughs> and I was talking to Woodrow and Wayne sitting in that corner, and they were like, and you're going, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to get him another one. You sure about that? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, well, let us know how that works out. <laughs> you know, and, he wrecked that one too. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of works but, out. But it reserved my little place in history for one day when I'm sitting back there and some guy comes in. I go, you sure about that? <laughs> okay. I have a word I use with that. I go, hmm. And my friend that's listening will know exactly. That's kind of my code word for I'm not going to say anything because my mouth's going to get me in trouble. But that's really dumb what you're about to do. But I love the I love these guys that that carried that message like that. I mean, I just they they no matter what they would always carry that message. Mm-hmm. And um and and that was our primary purpose. You know, nobody's ever tried to sell me anything in AA. Mm-mm. You know, and and some of them have, are salesmen. You know, obviously we have everything. Nobody's ever came in and said, hey, let's, let none of it. They just, just craft, their craft was being told our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other people. So that's what we're here to do, you know, and hang out with each other, you know, which brings me back to the importance of a home group. Mm-hmm. I really needed that. How about you, Jill? You, you have a home group? I sure do. It's the uh, half past five at the Koala Club. Yeah. Yeah. And I hang out. You do. Your first home group? Oh, no. No, I've had uh, a few in different places that I've lived. So going into a new home group, what do you think? It's scary. It's like being a newcomer all over again. It's like you don't know anybody, and you sit there, and you just share if they call on you, but everybody, it's just like, it's weird. I'd never enjoy it, but, um, I mean, I know that's what you have to do. You just have to throw yourself in it, and, you know, you'll fi- you'll find your people in there pretty quickly. The big, the big thing with me with the home group was I struggled with the faith part of it and the higher power part coming in, and I didn't really, and I still do sometimes, man, run low on that stuff, and I have to reboot and what it got me was I was around those same people all the time, and I got to see the progress in their life. So when I was low on what I needed, I could see this person getting better and this person overcome something. And that kept me in there, you know, because I was around those same people. And, um, yeah, and I went, I know God's there. I see it happening over there. It may not, I may not feel it with me at the time, and I'm struggling, but 
I can't deny all this other stuff around me. Mm -hmm. And that's where the home group for me was, was great and yeah. still is. You well, know? if I hadn't have gone to the Koala Club, I wouldn't have met you guys. And y'all mm -hmm. are a, a very important part of my life. I mean, we're all pretty important, Jill. I mean, let's, let's just get that out there. You know, did we talk about ego earlier? Oh. You know, Mike, what you was talking about, man, the importance of a home group. It, it really, when you branch out and you have to go somewhere else, it really makes you appreciate it more. Does oh, my it? gosh. Man, I, yes, it does. I was in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and um, yeah. uh, humble. I, I visited a couple clubs. And, you know, as soon as I walked in there, I expected people, hey, how you doing? Nobody no. said nothing. Uh, you know, so it immediately turned me off yeah and i was just like damn i can't wait to get back home yes you people, feel like they do different things in other groups yeah know? oh it's 100 percent different i mean they, they do have their same cast of characters yeah. like you know, <laughs> but like no matter how you look at it but you know i tell you what though I, I will this is this is a plug for the mandeville group in mandeville louisiana but i i had high expectations leaving the koala club and going down there right i did and they do everything completely different. Yeah. Nothing like we did at the Koala Club, which I expected. But that particular home, that that they made me into part of their home group. They were, you know, but I have, you know, West Monroe, not saying anything negative about West Monroe. Don't want to lose any listeners, right? But whenever I went in there, kind of like your experience, Cal, I just, you know, just, you know, and the same thing, you know, the one I go to now in Fort Worth, um, could I try harder? Probably you know to get in there and be more of a home group member um but but man nothing like the two i have you it makes me appreciate the koala club I mean, when i moved to west monroe i drove back every day an hour and a half here an hour and a half back to west monroe for a while at least five days a week just to go to a meeting wow damn because because i just hadn't found that you know yeah and i've been to meetings around the city and there's some that are good um, that I like and, um, you know, I love to go out of town and go to meetings and I've been to some weird stuff, just some odd stuff, you know, and, and, uh, I like that too. It's an experience, but yeah, I mean, it just, it's home for me. So when I, that's my people. Well, what I like about it and being that I've, I've had quite a few home groups in different places that I've lived, um, the group that I, you know, that is my home group now is the most hospitable group I have ever ever been in or witnessed yeah but i think it i think it goes Keep back to that basket <laughs> <laughs> but we're, but we're getting that group is Take geared something. for the new person you know and even though there's tons of sobriety in there we all as a as a core group we're all our, our hearts all in the same place and it's for people trying to get on their feet and get started in this journey and um that's that's just hit me from day one, and that's where I've stayed. Now, Cal, did you go to any in Tennessee? I did Humboldt, Tennessee. Yeah. How were they? Uh, it was it was all right. We have a listener from Tennessee. Was <laughs> <laughs> we have one listener in the entire state of Tennessee? And um, well, you remember his name? Was it Eric? Oh, uh, Nick. yeah, because he Nick. came to the club. It was Nick? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just curious how the meetings were. I've never been to a meeting in the state of Tennessee. You know, going off of what you said, Mike, you know, maybe you could try harder in that group that you went to. I think your only job when you approach a new group is to be personable you know, mm -hmm. and to be willing to accept new ways. So other than that, that goes back to what we're talking about, spreading the word. Sure. Know? So it's your job as a group to be as welcoming as possible to help your group grow. 
you know, so if you're not doing that, man, at a minimum, when people, new people come in, you should be, hey, how you doing? You know, welcome to the group. Sure. That, yeah. sure. And I didn't, I didn't receive that in the places I went. Just saying that. Not mentioning the group names. Um, some of them, I mean, and to me, I've seen some of the ones that came in the worst off. You know, some people don't come in as bad off as others. No. They just no. degrees. I've seen some of them that come in the worst off, make some of the best home group members. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, and then I've seen some come in worst off that just uh, got to feeling better, and then we never seen them again, mm -hmm. you know? So that, that happens. But, uh, man, I really, uh, I really, I like both of my home groups. I really have. I mean, just, but then, when, you know, whenever I say work harder, service work, I could probably volunteer for some. You know, I've never raised my hand over there saying that I'm willing to sponsor anybody. I haven't done that yet, you know, and I've been over there for five months or almost six months. So there's a couple things I could do extra. Yeah. But um and I always come up with the same excuse. I don't want to commit myself because I may be yeah, I ain't gonna be shit. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> no different here there than I was here. But uh Ben and I went to a meeting in Orlando, Florida last year while we were down there on some work stuff and uh it was like an 80-year-old club or something, like it'd been there forever, and it was like this bombed-out bunker, and they had plastic chairs. But they had a um, – yeah, it was like the ones you buy at Dollar General outside for like three bucks. They had a whole bunch of them. and um, But it was a good meeting, and they had a concession stand instead of like you just do your own thing. They had their whole deal, and it was a service position, and you could buy like energy drinks, uh, big books, Tylenol, packs of Tylenol, like it was Snickers bars, like you could get whatever, and somebody just did the concession stand the whole meeting. I was like, that's kind of cool, but uh, but yeah, it was a it was a cool old building, and and uh, it was a good group, you know. Yeah, we have birds. Uh, and I was like, is your stuff messing up over there? <laughs> no, we have birds. Is that it? I guess they're on Jill's house. Oh. This thing is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was a sound effect. I, didn't, I was <laughs> I like, really something's did. going haywire. I could probably cover it up with some sound effects, you know. We do the bird sound effects. <laughs> I don't even know what I got. Most of, most of the ones I have are ones I just put on here for the heck of it. So, anyway. Um, but, uh, but the importance of a home group, the importance of sharing the message, but mostly when that person comes in and looks just confused as hell. And Matt, you know, Matt, I've, I've heard people talk in meetings that have had some low recovery now and talk about how Matt would greet them whenever they would come in, you know. And if we talked earlier about how Phil buys everybody a big book. Um, and he offered, actually, I remember on my very first visit to the Koala Club, he offered to buy me a big book. But I had had one due to all my trips to rehabilitation i think facility. he bought my mom one <laughs> like she was there just as a birthday and he bought her one so i mean that's how phil rolls but he bought your mom one yeah yeah so uh, i bet you could fill up a library with the amount of big books he's bought in 44 yeah, years though yeah. if you think about that's it that's cool <clears throat> yeah and and you know here's the thing i think a lot of, of um, i think i don't like using those terms but a lot of people don't realize unless they stick and stay the value of that book that guy just gave yeah i mean you're talking about a book that has the ability to help you change your entire life because you didn't end up in an AA meeting for the hell of it. Most mm -hmm. people don't, right? And the value of that book is, to me, it's priceless, right? 
if I just use it, read it, have a sponsor, someone to help me with it, and all that other stuff. I tried getting sober by myself many times, reading the big book. You know, I would I would like literally do that stuff it said. It didn't work. I mean, just I could quote how it works word for word, drunk off my ass. If that tells you anything, I would I would memorize how it works because they said it at every meeting, and I would memorize it, and then I'd be drunk off my ass. You know, rarely have we seen a person fail. You know, I mean, so I guess it doesn't do any good unless we use the book. But that's the whole purpose of what you're talking about. The group's purpose, you know, spreading that word, staying sober. You, I think people get this tunnel vision. They don't. They don't have any idea the impact of you engaging one person what that can do to the masses. Mm -hmm. No matter how that person decides to deliver it or spread it, they're going to at some point touch somebody else and then so on and so forth. You know, it's just, man, the value in that is just astronomical. And we, we tend to focus on the, the alcoholic and I'm glad you said that, <clears throat> but you want, when you, when you really get down to it, we, we all, um, all the people that are affected by that alcoholic, become better their lives become better it's a it's a branch out of all these people that we never see or probably even know about but they're they're affected in a positive way by this person getting help you know and that's big picture at the end of the day yeah. that's probably more important than even the alcoholic helping them you know to me and that's my opinion but and um you know the fellowship as it grows you know i mentioned something earlier i talked about how mainly I engage with with the guys in the program, and that is that is you know mainly what I do. Um, I talked on our last episode about some members, and I've talked a little bit about it on this one, but some members that we have lost over the past few weeks, you know. And um, one of my South Louisiana friends that that we recently lost, um, I can remember her being a remote kind of a newcomer, right? And um, I actually took her fishing. Like on Lake Pontchartrain in my boat, right? She went fishing with me, Matt. She'd been fishing with me more than you have, if that makes sense. That's but, your fault, not mine, but, sir. But, 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 <laughs> but I, you have my boat. Well, I know, but I don't have your butt to get in the boat. That's the problem. But I, she went fishing with me, and a lot of the art that I have hanging up in my home, she actually um, made. She either made it or painted it, right? So the, the impact that these people that are in our groups make on our lives, whether it's that person that gave me their one-year chip, you know, now how I really know it was their one-year chip, I don't know, you know, but <laughs> whether it was the person that gave me their one-year chip or someone that made a painting for me or someone who just took time enough to say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I, I know what you're going through because some of these folks are eager to get home. They just want to finish up their meeting and get on home to their wife and kids that they got sober to spend time with. And instead they're saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take a few minutes out of my day to see what's going on with you. And then I do that in turn after a while. And it just kind of just, you know, their cycle repeats and we end up with a strong fellowship. And that's what you guys have down there at the half past five group. You have, have a lot of people down there that are, that are like that. Quick, you know? uh, cool story on all my people. And this is the power of that, of being hospitable, taking time with people. I work at a treatment center. My first week at the treatment center, there's a guy, a young guy. He's over there reading a big book, and he asked me a word, what this word meant. So, And, I, of course, I didn't know, so I had to look it up. But we talked about it for a minute, and he's uh, 
<clears throat> we get to talking and I said, well, what's going on with you? And he told me and he was from out of town and all this stuff. So we're standing there. He doesn't know me from Adam and I don't know him. And he says, I don't know if I ever told you this, Cal. He says, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, the only time I really felt good about this and I ended up going into treatment, he said, "My, uh, I live out of town and somebody brought me to the koala club. And uh, he said, uh, I went to a meeting there and these men like got me in a room and they were talking to me afterwards and I was having a real hard time. And I was like, you really? And he goes, yeah, it was some." Some government guy, he had like a government shirt on or something. And I was like, huh. And I didn't say nothing. He goes, and there was a dude, Cal, and this guy, Chris. And uh, I said, what did the government guy look like? You know, and I'm just kind of egg baiting him up. And I finally pulled up my phone. It was a picture of Bobby with yep. a fish. And I said, did he look like that? And he goes, yeah, that's the guy. I said, yeah, that's because that's my sponsor and that's my buddies. And I said, that's how they roll over there. And he's like, well, I made a decision to. To, to get here because they talked to me that night after that meeting. And, uh, I was like, that's my guys, you know, they're just doing their thing. So, um, and I asked Bobby about it. He remembered the guy and, uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, that just, that just, I was just proud of my people. You know, I'm like, this is what we do. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, another great episode, episode, the hell's an episode another great episode in the books um i want to remind everyone that you can reach us on um our voicemail line at 817-988-2530 that's 817-988-2530 love to get your voicemails or email g and b bozier that's g and b b-o-s-s-i-e-r at gmail.com Love to hear from you on our email account, or you can look me up, Mike Walston, on Instagram. Send me a uh, message or reply to a post if you want to. Love to hear from you there. Our podcast is available on um, Apple Podcast, and you just go to the Apple Podcast app. You open it up, you type in the Grouch and the Brainstorm, and guess what? We're there. And if you follow us, whenever we post or drop a new episode, then it'll be there, and um, it'll show up on your phone as an alert if you actually have alerts on your phone. So that's that in itself is pretty cool. Um, we have a we have a couple of new countries added to our list of countries that we have listening to us, and um, that's going to be Colombia and the Netherlands. We have Colombia and the Netherlands out there. So now our podcast is in many many countries. And 71.2% are Spotify listeners and 263 are Apple listeners. I just want you to listen. It doesn't mean matter to me how you get there. Um, at last look, we had 97 followers. We need three more followers. So actually, we need a bunch more followers. But, um, but this is all about sharing the message as well, which has been our topic today. Cal, thank you for coming by. You. Always glad to have you here. We look forward to having you back. Um, and so, I guess to wrap up another show, I got to remind all of our uh, all of our people out there in podcast land that we have been at Rule Sixty Two Studios and we are located in Bossier City, Louisiana. Until next time, it's the Grouch and the Brainstorm.